welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 189. Happy to be live here with you on Facebook, proud member of the Education Podcast Network, as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada. Thrilled to be on today. It's our first show of the new year. And it's happy to, uh, I'm happy to be back with you here on Education Leadership Beyond. We were having some te technical difficulties, so we're a little bit late, but we are going to meet Dr. Harold Abraham here in a moment. He is a New Jersey principal. He is a professor at Montclair State University. He's also a former college basketball player, and he is a contributor in the next book coming out, Tales from the Hardwood. So uh, he's our connection uh to our friend, Dr. Rob Gilbert at Montclair State University also. So we will meet Dr. Harold uh, in a moment. I'm excited to finally talk with him. And I'm glad we got through the hurdles of uh, technology. Uh, I would like to thank today's sponsor here, Ann Collar. I'm wearing some Ann Collar stuff. This is water resistant, stain resistant, stretch material. Uh, there's a discount code, Marada 10 is that discount code. You'll get a discount there and collar. Uh, the logo is up here. Um, really cool stuff, right? Pro athletes uh, have sponsorships. So why can't principals and school leaders have sponsorships? So uh, I like this gear. Check it out. And collar. Uh, and that discount code is Marada10. I appreciate them sponsoring the show. If you're watching live, would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, jump in the show. Uh, and you can do that in the chat box. And Harold and I can see that. And we can have you become part of the show. So excited to uh, uh, have you participate. So as we kick off the show here, show 189, the opening concept today, habits versus resolutions, right? It's New Year's, it's January 5th and uh, 2022. And right, people have New Year's resolutions. I am going to drink more water. I am going to not have sugar. I am going to A, B, and C, right? And then how do those resolutions fade away? Where do they break? Where do we stumble? And uh, I like to listen to a lot of uh, podcasts. I do a lot of reading, things like that. And what I hear is it's more important to focus on building good habits, right? Our friend, Dr. Rob, I'm sure uh, Harold will know this about a thin thread woven again and again and again and again will become a thick cord, right? And that's what they say about habits as well. So I encourage you maybe not so much to think about the resolution, but building good habits. You want to wake up earlier, right? Is it five minutes a day uh, uh, for uh, however long until you get to where you need to be? And then just keep doing it, right? Just keep doing it and keep building those habits. Um, so I encourage you to focus on those good habits versus keeping those resolutions. So, but let's get rolling here. Uh, I want to welcome Harold uh, into the show and thank him uh, for his patience getting on education, leadership beyond. And here he is, Dr. Harold Abraham. Harold, welcome to the program. Andrew, thanks so much for having me. It's great to connect. Uh, I'm glad we got past the tech difficulties. Happy New Year. It's like uh, principalship, right? You got to get through the hurdles. Absolutely. You need a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. <laughs> a couple plugs here, a couple tweaks there, and, and here, it was all my fault the whole time. That's that's the things in most cases, Harold. 
but Harold is the principal at Sandy Sin Walpack School in North Jersey. Uh, he's also a professor at Montclair State University. Harold, for, for those that don't know you, give us a little brief introduction about yourself, uh, and then we'll get rolling with the show. Yeah, so I'm uh, a Red Hawk to the core, as you mentioned. I went to Montclair State undergrad and for my graduate study. Um, I had an undergrad and made a tremendous impact on my life. Um, but really, um, I, I've been fortunate to have some great teachers, coaches, and administrators in my life to point me in the right direction, to mentor me. And now I take a lot of pride in doing the same for staff, students, and, and teachers alike. So um, I grew up and I was a, a formerly classified kid, which I, I feel really fuels me in my daily work. I try to make sure that no kid falls through the cracks. And that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, and again, in North Jersey, Harold, you're uh, the principal there. I know you were at the middle school earlier. How many years are you, are you at Sanderson Wolfpack Elementary? It's my second year here. Okay. So tell me about your style and tell me about leading through a pandemic here. Yeah, I think, I think what's most important is, is being um, present, approachable, and, um, and le really leading with the heart. Um, because right now, um, people really need that, that extra compassion, that extra empathy, that extra love. Um, and if you don't really care about what you're doing and the people that you're working with, I don't think you'll have very much success. Um, and I think we've been very fortunate to, to have success because it's been a team effort. Really, all that we've done throughout the course of the pandemic has been collaborative. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a result to that, um, we, we had input learning for a, a very high percentage of the time. And hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. Yeah, these are tricky times now. Things are on the... Uh on the uptick. So speaking of collaborative, you know, and making things work, what would you say right now, Harold, is one thing that is going well for you, your school, things like that, and then maybe an area that's uh, that you're having some challenges in? Yeah, I, I think we've been um, very lucky to be um, outside the box thinkers, right? So um, if you ask any of my teachers, they'll be the first to tell you that I frankly listen to their ideas when it comes to personalizing education for kids because um, to me that's really most important and you can be the best principal in the world or you might think that that's the case but ultimately the teachers are the forefront of education so my ears are always to the ground I want to make sure that they feel supported um, and, and that I'm hearing their ideas so we've done some great as far as making school just a fun place and exciting place for kids doing things um, creating a therapy dog reading program, um, starting a financial literacy program for kids to teach them fun and exciting skills that their parents probably wish they learned in school, um, making the learning that they're in class really apply to their daily lives, right? We so often hear from kids, well, why do I have to learn this? Um, I think our teachers do a very good job of showing kids why they're learning what they're learning. Yeah, good point. Good point. And how about something that you, you're struggling with now or is, is a challenge for you in your work? I, I think something that we're struggling with, and this is probably a struggle in so many places right now, um, staffing. I think staffing is really tough. And, and I mentioned the teachers being at the forefront of education. Um, right now, we're having to rely, obviously, on substitutes, but also calling on um, some other staff to fill in gaps on, on certain days. And um, again, I think that's the case everywhere. But um, you know, if you're if you're pulling staff from one place, then obviously they're being missed in other places. So it's that fine line between doing what's best to stay in person, um, but also 
um, you know, making that hard decision as to if and when we might have to be remote at a certain point as well. Yeah, very true. And, uh, you know, those those staff that are filling in those gaps and, and filling that extra time, right, they're being uh, uh, pulled even more, right? That's usually their prep or their lunch. Exactly. And so here's the people that are already being taxed doing more. So you're right. That is a challenge. Uh, and I give a lot of credit and success, uh, you know, to our, our, our teachers out there that are on, like you said, that the forefront. So and, and Andrew, we, we, we talked about this before, but we place so much emphasis on social and emotional learning for kids. Um, but that social and emotional perspective is also important for us as principals and our teachers as well. And sometimes we forget about that. So I yeah. think being conscientious of all of that for everybody within our school community is important. Yeah. Uh, I know you, you know, you do a lot of studying and, and you know, kind of stealing from other people just like I do, right? And uh, one of the things I saw in December was the gift of time. And I canceled all the meetings for teachers in December uh, just to give them that gift, just to give them that little breath of time, you know? And uh, I think people appreciated that. Yeah, that's a hell of a gift. <laughs> but can't, can't get it back. Yeah. And you know what? I think the time that you saved on the front end probably helped you on the back end um, because your, your teachers were able to um, recharge, recoup, and, and put forth that energy where it's most important, and that's with the kids. Well, you're also a teacher yourself, uh, Harold. You're still teaching, and you're a professor at Montclair State University. Uh, are you teaching the principal leadership course? What are you teaching there? Yeah, I'm teaching the principal uh, leadership course, and I'm also teaching community relations. Uh, so okay. that I really enjoy. Um, and I'm also teaching at Centenary University in their graduate program for special education. Wow, you're a busy guy. I'm trying. And Yeah, and you have your doctorate. You're, you got, you're tackling a lot of stuff. So tell me, Harold, what are a couple of your focuses training new principals and training new leaders? What, what are some areas that you focus on? You know, I have to give a lot of credit to my first principal. So my first principal was Shirley Eiler. Um, and starting day one, she really took me under her wing. And we met almost on a daily basis. Um, she treated me um, like I was her child. And um, I, I really valued that. And it helped mold me into a stronger professional. So um, I try to treat and onboard new staff in a very similar way. Um, I meet with them regularly. I'm in their classrooms regularly. I'm giving them feedback. I'm giving them guidance. I'm coaching them um, and I'm inspiring them, right? It, it can't just be all constructive criticism. You have to point out and celebrate their strengths as well. Um, yeah. And I, that I try to have them um, really enjoy the work because ultimately, you know, when they're, they're enjoying the work, um, they're going to be most productive. And I, I think just learning from past mentors and, and doing um, the things that were done for me, uh, for them, ultimately goes a long way. And why did you want to get back into to teaching yourself? Why did you want to uh, do that at, at Montclair State and sitting there? I, I think for a lot of those same reasons, right? Um, having respect for um, the people that have done for you um, ultimately makes you want to do for people that are up and coming and, and trying to move into a different space professionally also. Um, so at Montclair State, um, I, I get to teach in the same program where I learned with many uh, people that I can call colleagues that were my professors at one point. And um, at Centenary, where I'm teaching in their special education program, 
Um, it's nice because it's it's uh, an, another passion of mine because I was a special edu education kid, you know. Yeah. So if if I can train professionals to um, see kids in a different way and understand their needs um, differently from maybe um, they have in the past, then to me it's a huge success and it's a really rewarding feeling. Harold, what are some of your secrets, right? You're a busy principal uh, in a thriving district there. You're teaching at two different places. You have your own doctorate. How do you, how do you balance your time? How do you manage all of that kind of stuff? Um, I think that's probably the hardest part, right? Managing your time, um, finding enough time within a single day to get everything done. And um, I, I think I've just become accepting of the fact that, you know, I, I might put um, 10 things on, on my agenda for the day and I might not get to all of them, um, but I prioritize really well. And, and to me, I think that's been something that's been critical in, in helping me to become successful. Sure. Um, so prioritize making decisions as to um, putting students first um, and, and crossing things off your list and knowing that you know, what you're not able to get done in a single day, um, that work will still be there tomorrow and you put them first on your list for the following day. So true, it's so important, right? I'm on the last page of my notepad here. We're gonna start over tomorrow with uh, some more stuff. Uh, hey, you probably <laughs> say that again. You probably started that notepad this week. That's how busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Harold. A few years ago, I got an email or a text or something. Uh, I think from you. It might have been from Dr. Gilbert, but it was you outside Dr. Gilbert's door uh, saying, "Hey, I think we uh, know somebody in common here." Um, Tell me about you know, your connection with Dr. Rob and, and kind of how that brought us together. Yeah, so um, Dr. Gilbert um, was a professor of mine in, in undergrad at Montclair State and by far my favorite professor of all time. Um, he has a way of just capturing students' attention. He had no attendance policy, yet no one ever missed a single class of Dr. Gilbert. <laughs> um, and, and he's just someone I have tremendous respect for. Um, and I honestly, I, I use what he's taught me each and every day in, in so many different ways. But, um, you know, one thing that I learned from Dr. Gilbert is um, if, if you make school a place that is exciting and different each and every day, um, you're going to have optimal engagement. Right. And um, and I think that's why people love Dr. Gilbert. He made every class fun and exciting, whether he was juggling a golf ball um, with a golf club. Um, or performing different magic tricks or bringing in a guest speaker, I always wanted to be there. Um, so now as principal, I try to make school a place where my teachers love coming to work and kids really enjoy the experience. And, and I, I think I may, I've been able to do that um, because of so many of the things that Dr. Gilbert has taught me. Yeah. And do you call the hotline every day and all of that kind of stuff? I don't call every day, but I try to call as frequently as I can. Um, but I use a lot of the teachings that Dr. Gilbert gave me when I, I was in undergrad and even in conversations well after that time. Um, you know, I, I'm um, no stranger to calling kids into my office um, and, and kind of uh, sharing, them, uh, sharing with them a, a cool trick that he's given me, um, whether it's memorizing every single um, word in uh, an entire book or um, doing a cool nail magic trick um, those are cool times to have with kids, whether they're being sent to your office for something good, whether they're coming to you for something bad. Um, I think you can always flip it um, so that you have a great rapport with kids. 
um, and, and have a positive outcome. Yeah, so true. And uh, even that comic, uh, the coloring book trick, he, he gave me that book. He's given me so much. And uh, it's great to meet uh, a friend of his and, and someone who's had a similar uh, connection and, and, and impact there. So I've got it up here. Oh, there he is. Along with my college coach, Ted Fiore. And then this is the nail magic trick, um, which he shared with me. And, and the task with that, and I've shared it with our staff and our students, and they love it. They get a kick out of it. But you have to make it so that only one of the nails can be touching the baseboard, and the other eight nails have to be balancing somehow, some way on top. And uh, it, it's cool to see people come together to strategize um, and see how some people step up in a leadership role and other members are kind of filling that, that role player position, but still helping the team along. And uh, ultimately it's, it's just fun for everybody. I love it. And uh, you, know, you talked about engagement and, and props and uh, there's another uh, tool to your success. So that's cool. I'm gonna have to learn that nail trick one. I don't know that one. I have two sets. Dr. Gilbert gave me one. So if you want to stop by Sanderson, um, I have a set available for you, Andrew. Well, I know that you stopped by here in Port Jervis uh, last year and you did the rock challenge. You came and you, you hiked up Point Peter, uh, you know, holding a rock. Tell me a bit about that challenge and what, what drew you to want to do that, Harold? Man, that, that was an experience. So ironically enough, um, the way I learned about you, Andrew, is through a at my school who lives in your town and she didn't she didn't know this at the time but she gave me your book she she thought that we had some commonalities and I opened your book and one of the first names that I see was Dr. Gilbert I gave <laughs> my eyes yeah. it led me to reading the rest of the book and, and wanting to reach out and I shared that with her and um, she just thought it was it was the coolest thing ever um, but uh, this year, she actually shared that the, the PJ Stone Challenge in her town where you start at the top of Point Peter, you run to the bottom, you pick up a stone, and you run to the top. And uh, it was a cool experience. It was nice seeing your town, and I passed your school, and um, it, it was great to be there. And um, uh, one of our uh, students' mothers actually won the entire event, so it was, it was, wow. it was cool. Wow. Very cool. Good for you and keeping in shape and taking on challenges. Those are things that keep us fresh. Um, guys, if you're watching the show live, jump in. Leave a question, a comment for Harold or I. Uh, I'd love to have you participate in the show, even if it's afterwards and you want to uh, leave a comment for Harold. That would be cool. Um, Harold, another thing we have in common is that you played college basketball. Uh, yeah. You had a great experience there. Cool to see you have your college coach on the wall. Um, how did that experience help shape the leader you are now? You know what? Um, I, I mentioned this in, in my segment in your book. I learned a lot from my playing days, right? Um, I think there, there's so many skills that you learn just from being a college athlete that apply to your everyday life. Um, starting with time management, right? Which, mm -hmm. is, which is really tough, especially when you're so busy. But I found that at every stage of your life, um, you're, you get busier and busier. So to, to look back at my college days, I, I wish I, I had the schedule that I did at that point. But at that time, I felt I was incredibly busy, right? Um, so I starting in college, whether it was waking up in the morning for a lift and then going to class and then going to lunch and 
um, having midday practice um, and, and then lift again in the evening. Um, I think managing your time and, and being able to be a, a successful student athlete ultimately paid off and, and helped me manage my time as a principal. You know, having to wake up early, um, hopefully get that run or lift in, um, going to work and, and being there early so that you can prepare successfully for the day, um, prioritizing your time so that you can be in classes and not behind the desk throughout the day is really important. Um, and then finishing your day so that you, you know, you're fully prepared for the next. Great points. I agree with that. Um, how about any, how about any losses? And I don't mean the wins and losses, but things that have happened that taught you about, uh, you know, resilience and, and bouncing back. How about any experiences there? Yeah, absolutely. So I went from high school where I was the star on my team, um, the leading scorer, um, really not even being taken out of games. And um, I went on to Montclair State where it was pretty much the opposite. <laughs> you know, I um, was working my absolute hardest and I, I didn't see a ton of playing time. Um, and many other players were in the same position and, and didn't make it. They, they quit. They, they ended yeah. you know, their playing days. And I really refused to do that because I love the game. Um, I love my teammates. I love my coaches. And, um, you know, what that taught me was, um, you know, you're, you might not always um, get the, 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 um, the reward or, or whatever it is you're looking for, even when you're putting in a ton of work. And um, I think it's much better not to quit and, and to learn how to work through difficult situations, right? So, um, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't love the fact that I wasn't getting the playing time I wanted, um, but I asked the coach what I needed to do to earn more um, as opposed to, to quitting and giving up. And um, each and every season, um, I got more play. And, and ultimately, that showed me that, you know, you, you might not see eye to eye um, always with the people that you're working with. And the result might not be the result that you're looking for or even the result that you think you deserve. Um, but, you know, you have to continue. You have to persist. You have to do your best. And eventually, good things will come. That's a great point and uh, you know, a great leadership lesson right there. And uh, little did you know you were learning that through that experience. Yeah, it, cool. it was very tough at the time. Um, yeah. Big transition, but, but a lot was learned for sure. I think you're going to see a lot of those commonalities in Tales from the Hardwood. Uh, but your excerpt, Tales from the Hardwood, you wrote about the number of coaches that, that you had, right? And you asked your coach, say, hey, what? Why you got all these coaches here, right? You told a great story. Why don't you go ahead and kind of share a little bit about what made you write that excerpt? Yeah, so I'll give a little bit of a sneak peek here um, as far as that excerpt goes. But um, I wrote about the amount of coaches that we had at Montclair State University. And a lot of opposing teams would joke with us uh, uh, with regards to the amount of chairs that we needed when we came to, to their school. And I remember going <laughs> actually Felician. It was a, a preseason or exhibition game. Um, and the the other coach came up to us and uh, asked what in the world we needed to do with, with 35 chairs, right? Um, and uh, about 10 of them were for our coaching staff. So I think it was in my junior year, I asked Coach Fiore, I said, Coach, why the hell do we have so many coaches? Um, and he's like, well, to be honest with you, he's like, I know a lot and, and I'm confident what I do, but every single one of our coaches brings something 
special, something unique to the table. Um, and I think a good, he said, I think a good leader recognizes the strengths in other people and what they can do for an organization. And, and I really attribute a lot of that to our work as principals, right? Uh, especially when it comes to forming committees or, or being collaborative in your approach. Um, you know, I, I think if you're able to recognize the skill sets that people have around you um, within your school, ultimately, you know, that can lead to a lot of great things. And, um, and when you make that clear to your staff and you're sincere um, with, with how you deliver that message to your staff, um, the buy-in is really what takes what you're doing to the next level. And you wrote it, you know, so quickly. I know we had spoken about it. Boom, a couple of days later, I had it. Uh, and it was just so different, right? I didn't tell any of the people who participated, you know, hey, I'm looking for this type of story. That's I said, tell me something about inspiration about, you know, and uh, bam, yours was so different. It's really a different aspect if you think about it. So that I actually, I took a page out of your book, something I learned from you, Andrew. Um, I actually wrote that on my commute to work, right? So I was driving to work and um, I, I knew that the day that I had ahead of me was jam-packed. I, I would have no time whatsoever to, to write that for you, but I, I really wanted to, to, to write it. Um, so I did speech to text, um, cleaned it up a little bit when I got to work, but um, I was able to do it on my commute. And, and I was happy with the way it came out because... Um, it was the, the honest to God's truth, something I really learned from that experience. And um, I'm happy with the product. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I'm happy to hear you say that, Harold. I, 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 again, budgeting your time. I do a lot of walking and talking, right? Yeah. And when you are just moving and your brain thinking and you're just speaking, it's amazing. You, you get some run on sentences, but what comes out is usually really authentic and a well-told story. And you did that. Yeah, you know, sometimes the, the, the best um, reading material isn't um, the, the, the most articulate, right? It's what really resonates with people. And um, like you said, if it's authentic, I think it'll capture um, yeah. and, and that's something that I appreciate about, appreciate about your work. Cool. Well, great points there, Harold. Uh, Harold, this is a tricky time. I know we were talking off air. Uh, it's a hard time. You know, everybody is their patience level, their frustration level. Um, how do you stay positive during this time? How do you wake up each day with a positive attitude, looking to kind of do great things in your district for kids? My, my teachers ask me that all the time. Um, how do you remain calm during the craziest situations? Um, and I think that has a lot to do with experience, but also understanding that as an administrator, you set the tone. Right. So even if you're not calm on the inside, you have <coughs> I'm on the outside. Um, but I, I think when you're able to show that you are um, ultimately the people around you kind of feel the same way. So I, I think that's a, a big part of things um, showing uh, people that, you know, um, you're able to, and competent to, to handle different different situations, um, that you're the person that they want in the trenches. And you're going to do everything you possibly can to, to help the situation. I, I think that's the best way to approach it. Yeah, so true. How about sharpening your saw? What are some things that you do to develop yourself, whether physically, mentally, emotionally? What are some things that you're doing to sharpen your saw? Um, I think I, I get a lot of my, my thoughts um, come to fruition during time that I spend running um, or playing hoops still, right? So, um, we, we again, we... we play so much 
time and emphasis on, on social emotional learning for the kids. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's important as administrators that, you know, we, we carve out some time in our busy schedules for ourselves, um, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour, um, just getting those endorphins going. Um, you know, I, I, I find that that's my, my best time to, to do some thinking. And um, I feel that it keeps me sharp, to be honest with you. 100 uh, percent. You know, I think we need to release ourselves more. Um, you know, I look at people, they get their prep, their lunch. You know, I couldn't imagine like going and taking a lunch. Right. Um, yeah. But I do agree with you that it's so important to to take that time. And uh, right after this, I'm going to grab my daughter and make sure I, I get that 30, 40 minutes of exercise this evening. So, you know, what? Um, I, something I'm terrible at. Um, I, I, I've never sat down and eaten a lunch. To be honest with you, it's kind of always on the go. Uh, and I, I think one day I'll get there. But something that I, I do appreciate about that is, is the movement piece. Because um, I think you're more productive when you're moving. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's actually um, something that I, I, I worked on when I was studying for my doctorate, showing the effect um, of movement on student achievement, right? Mm. And um, not just in. Um, you know, a, a PE class or at recess, but movement within the confines of your regular classroom setting. Are the kids more productive when they're stagnant and in rigid seating or when they're in, um, you know, flexible seating or moving around the classroom? And, and I think it's pretty obvious what those answers are. Yet um, in so many of our classes, the kids are seated. So true. And uh, we could do a whole nother show on that, uh, that topic. But hey, our friend Dr. Gilbert says, right, your actions change your attitude, your motions change your emotions, and your movements change your mood. So that's all I need to hear right there. 100%. So true. Uh, Harold, was there something we're going to get to rapid fire here? Was there something that you wanted to mention or uh, talk about that I did not ask you? You know what, I, th I think if um, I could point to anything, I think it would be that movement piece and its importance, right? Um, I, I think it's important to constantly be moving, to be present within your building. Um, I, I think the days of the uh, principal that sits behind the desk with the door closed are long gone, and yeah. I'm happy about that. I, I think um, if I can share um, anything within this segment with um, current principals or, or, or people that are aiming and aspiring to become principals, it's the importance of, of being present. And that starts at arrival. Um, it, it continues throughout the day with, with being in the hallways, with being at lunch and recess, with being in classrooms and supporting teachers um, and putting yourself in a, a student's shoes, right? So from time to time, I'll throw on a backpack, I'll dress down, I'll be comfortable and, and shadow a kid. And ultimately, that shows me exactly what they're going through. Um, it helps me improve things from a student perspective and also give tips, strategies, and techniques to teachers also. Yeah, yeah that is a great exercise. One of the things I added late last year Harold, was the mobile desk. I got a desk with wheels, and I'm out and about, you know, kind of like a doctor's on the move. So, uh, yeah, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the shadowing a kid is a great exercise. I recommend that. Um, Harold, let's get to rapid fire. I know you probably got classes to teach and things to do, uh, but let's get to rapid fire here. These are quick answers, like you're on the New Jersey Turnpike. Quick answer. All right, let's do it. You ready? Here we go. Last book you read. Staying Grounded by Michael Hines. 
Oh, that's the soup in uh, down in Westchester area, right? Uh, Port Washington, and, and yeah, Port Washington. Uh, very innovative, um, very pro student, just an awesome superintendent. Yeah, I hear great things about him. That's uh, that's cool. Uh, last movie you saw? Spider Man over winter break. It was awesome, right? It was great. Yeah, connected the the old the old. Yeah, it really was. It was good. Everybody uh, went crazy when they showed the the past Spider Man. Yes, true, true that. Uh, uh, favorite place to travel? Where's somewhere you like to go? Jamaica, um, if and when the circumstances allow for it, um, that'll be the next place that I travel to. But yeah. I love the warm weather. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about a stress reliever? You talked about some of your tricks, some of your trades. What about a stress reliever for yourself? Yeah, for for me, it's it's running. I'm not a great runner. Um, I've never been incredibly fast. Um, nor do I enjoy it all that much, but um, I get a lot of thinking done, and and the feeling that I get once I'm finished with my run is is unmatched. It's like Dr. Gilbert says: most runners don't like uh, you know until they start running, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. How about a pet peeve of yours? You shared a lot of your passions, things that you're you're into. What's something that gets under your skin? That's a great question. Um, I think something that gets under my skin is um, people that are accepting of mediocrity, right? Mm. Just being okay, just doing the, the bare minimum. Um, I can't say that I have really many of those teachers on my staff right now have such an amazing crew, um, but, but I have seen some that are just okay with being okay. And um, if, if I could cancel anything, it would be average. Uh. <laughs> It's because we have a lot in common, Harold. Uh, on 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel, fill in the blank. Um, probably energized. I'm an early bird. So 8 a.m., I've probably been up for, for three or four hours. Um, I probably already hit the gym um, and, and making plans for the day and, and, up and up and moving. I love it. Uh, if you haven't read the 5 a.m. club yet, I highly recommend it for – People like yourself, that's cool. Uh, best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life? Best purchase under $100? I would say a fire stick. I, uh, I did away with cable for over eight years. Um, it just became too expensive. And um, I got that just for um, you know some, some ESPN. And, and some shows to watch from here and there. And uh, it was a great savings. I think that was the best purchase I've made under 100 bucks. Yeah, and we just bought, we just bought the, the, the newer one. Ours was probably six, seven years old. And, and man, that new one, it, it got things moving again. It was good, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, you mentioned running uh, and getting a workout. I mean, in addition to running, what, what are some other fitness uh, uh, secrets that you have? Um, hoop still uh, really the opportunity that I can be outside I'm looking to take advantage of um, really enjoy hiking enjoy kayaking um, those are things that I, I, I think um, go a long way as far as just um, staying sharp uh, maintaining your energy staying fit and having fun cool something about Harold Abraham that people do not know about um, you know what, I, I think um, 
an assumption a lot of times for for administrators, um, especially in in the principal seat, is that we were all straight A students, right? Um, and and something that I'm proud of, but maybe not all people know, is that I was a struggling student. I struggled with learning disabilities. Um, I graduated with a 1.9 GPA, and uh, um, I'm no stranger to to sharing that with kids and parents. Um, because eventually, if you put in the work, things will click for you. You know, you'll you'll find those strategies, you'll find those interventions, and what works for you. Um, but you know, uh, jaws hit the floor when you tell a kid who is struggling that I was just like you, right? And um, that struggle and that adversity actually helps you become successful later on. But you do have to persist. You do have to put the work in in order to get there. Yeah. So true and uh, good for you for not kind of tucking that away and being embarrassed about it, but more sharing it that people can learn from it. No, it's yeah, cool. the slightest bit, um, you know, uh, it's something I'm proud of, but I, I think it takes time to get to that point. Yeah. Uh, Harold, I opened the show about talking about resolutions and habits. Uh, so is there, is there a goal? Is there something that you were looking to add? to your routine or, or implement uh, this year? Um, you know what, so so um, I, like you, um, I'm not so much concerned with setting resolutions. Um, I, I'm more concerned with developing good habits. And yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I stay hydrated enough either. So I'm, I'm looking to drink more water every day. Um, but um, something that I am working on is obviously um, more family time. And uh, I want to make sure that um, in all that I'm doing, that my family is number one. And, and they always have been and always will be. But I think being conscientious of um, making that time a, a part of your schedule and not being afraid to, to put it on your calendar, that's okay. Yeah, so true. So true, Harold. Um, Harold, if people did want to get in touch with you or reach out or you know, was, was jiving on what you were saying here, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, if anybody would like to reach out, I'm, I'm always happy to, to have a conversation and to connect. Um, you can reach me on my email at Montclair, um, and that's Abraham, A-B-R-A-H-A-M-H, at Montclair.edu. Very cool. Uh, I'm a quote guy. You listen to Dr. Gilbert. I know you must be, too. What's a, what's a favorite quote you'd like to end this on? That's tough. Um you know what? I really like the the quote that we used for our morning announcements today. Uh, give oh, nice. And I'll give it to I you like, verbatim. Yeah, I like that you're on the move with the phone. It makes you portable. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the I'm on the move. Um, <laughs> I really like this one, and it's something that I think I'll probably post within the next week. Um, but it says a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fall, and that's by Serena Williams. So true. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie about the dad. Me too. Yeah. Well, great quote there. Uh, I appreciate that, uh, Harold. This was Harold Abraham. Uh, Harold, you did great. This was a great uh, show. Uh, I feel like I learned a ton from you. And uh, as an inspiration from a fellow principal, right, you're, you're doing great things. You're teaching. So kudos to you and the work you're doing. Thank you. Likewise, I, I appreciate all that you do. And it was a pleasure being with you. Cool. This was Harold Abraham, show number 189. Uh, if I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Murata, uh 21 on Twitter. 
Uh, we are going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Thanks, everybody. Harold, stay on the line. <laughs>